Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Hi folks, Dan Bird here on Wednesday, mid midweek update on the market after the Fed has decided not to raise rates, which the market liked. I'll show you that in a second. Um, so we're heading into the best three months of the year and more importantly, the best nine days of the year. Um, part of the reason for that, <clears throat> I've had some people ask, you know, why, why is October sometimes not great? And what makes the, the days after October 28th historically the better days? One of the reasons for that is that uh, mutual funds and some hedge funds are required to take capital gains prior to October 31st or capital losses. So they want to do that trading before the 31st, before November begins. So if they have losses that they want to book for the year, then they'll take those losses, they'll sell. Or even if they want to have some capital gains, they'll sell as well to book those capital gains. And that's one of the reasons why the last few weeks of October sometimes are very volatile. A lot of times it ends uh, previous bear markets. But after that happens, then those same mutual funds and hedge funds need to reposition themselves, especially after the first of the, the month when new inflows come into mutual funds and 401ks and things like that. So the beginning of November, a lot of times we'll see some uh, buying because they are maybe rebuying the same stocks that they sold in October to book gains, maybe buying new ones, but they have to they have to put the money to work that they're getting in from 401ks and IRAs. Uh, so they have to buy something. So that's one of the reasons why th these next few days, next nine days, a lot of times are historically very positive. That doesn't mean it's always going to happen, but Historically, that's one of the reasons that it does that. So what I want to do is uh, just quickly go through what happened today, what the markets look like. Uh, let me share my screen. <clears throat> and I'll show you folks what this looks like. Okay, so here's the market today. Um, let's take a look down here at equities and... Let's see if I can make that a little bigger. So here's uh, the Dow. You can see um, the Dow. Actually, all of these had a pretty good day today. So we'll start with the Dow. And, and in particular, notice what happened after 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock is where the Fed said that they were not going to raise rates. And then they went into, um, so, you know, Powell gave some in insights into why he's gonna do that. He's actually thinks that the economy is still strong and actually strengthening. We'll know more about that on Friday with the jobs number, but take a look at what happens at three o'clock or about 245, 230, 245. Here's the Dow, the Dow took off, NASDAQ took off, NYSE, even small caps, mid caps, the S&P 100, NASDAQ 100, 
So all of these after about 245 just really took off at the end of the day. And you can see the S&P was up by 1% by the end of the day and NASDAQ was up by a little more than one and a half percent. So that's all very positive. And I think that will carry forward in probably into Friday for sure. Um, bonds, we'll look at the 10 year right here. The 10 year is pulling back. You can see it dropped one and three quarters percent today. And really from the beginning, from, from the morning at around 9.30, really from the open, it just started to sell off, um, meaning uh, people were buying bonds. And actually, if you look at down here at the TLT, this one actually went higher. So this is something to take to keep an eye on, because if the Fed is finished raising, and, and more importantly, if it looks like they're going to start cutting at some point, but that may not happen till sometime next year, but bonds might actually start to really take off. So this might be an area to look at. TLT is an ETF that tracks the 20 year bond. Uh, so you can see it's up 2%, over 2% today, just on the news from the Fed. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, 10 year yield again is at uh, below 4.8%. So that dropped pretty significantly. We'll take a look at that again in a minute, as well as the uh, 10 year commodities. Commodities went up, the commodities ETF dropped initially, went up a little bit at the end, but gold pulled back and silver pulled back today. Now silver had a little nice rally at the end of the day, but both of those pulled back in general. Oil also pulling back, so that uh, most, most of the day pulled back and gasoline as well looks down. We'll take a look at those again in a second. Crypto, Bitcoin, uh, once again, had a really nice end of the day, up above 35,000. So up one and almost one and three quarters percent for the day. So let's now take a look at, um, these are the, the market movers on the day. So Caterpillar, Microsoft, Intel, Apple, these are all the ones that moved significantly. These are the big, uh, big large cap names. But look at the sector performance. So the three at the top are all of the uh, aggressive sectors, the growth sectors. So technology, <clears throat> and notice how they were bottoming out, looking sort of like a double bottom, in fact. So there's technology, last three days had a nice run. Here's the communication services where the internet stocks are, also last three days had a nice run. Discretionary. This is where Tesla resides. So that one's just starting to take off as well. Interestingly, utilities, financials, and real estate, the three key, that in addition to um, consumer staples, which is down near the bottom, but these, these three right here are key defensive sectors. And they actually had a pretty good day as well. So very interesting. I think a lot of this happened after the Fed meeting. Uh, and then if we want to look at the best industries for the day, over here, number one is home builders. Interestingly, home builders had last two days, home builders have been coming up pretty nicely. So that is the number one industry group for today. Number two is semiconductors. And part of that is on uh, the AMD earnings. You can see over here the best, this is my best of the best chart list. And AMD is number two out of all of them. Look at that chart on AMD, 
went from uh, almost up $10 just today after they, they announced earnings. So they had a really good day. I think um, NVIDIA reports, I think, on November 21st, and they probably are going to have a nice run into earnings for the next two or three weeks. Uh, also trucking, now the uh, trucking industry and, and uh, transportation in general has really taken a beating. I'll take a look at that in a second. That's something that actually concerned me and still concerns me for the end of the year because uh, transportation, you want to outperform if the market is healthy. But today it looks pretty good. Uh, components, electrical components starting to take off. Automobiles starting to move higher, just beginning to move higher. Broadline retailers, which is Amazon. This is where Amazon is located. This one has taken off ever since Amazon reported. Uh, Internet index, this is Google and Meta. So they'll be found there. And then computer hardware, this is Apple. So all of these are aggressive sectors. Marine transportation also just beginning to move. So all, and software down here, the last one. Software is, had already started moving and software is still uh, doing really well. So all of those are aggressive sectors that you want to see outperforming if we're going to have a rally into the end of the year. So that looks like what's about to take place. So let's go over here and take a look at um, my, this is my website here. Uh, a couple of things I wanna point out. First, we'll look at the homepage and we'll look at the S&P. So IBD is still saying market in correction. S&P actually is beginning to look better. <clears throat> so went down here actually went all the way to the bottom. If you'll notice these percentages right here, this is the measurement of that head and shoulders right here. So the distance from the head to the neckline is about 5.4%, and the, the equal distance to the bottom is where the target should be. And you'll notice where we hit four days ago, last week, we hit there almost exactly, hit that bottom, and then started taking off from there. We're right at the 200-day moving average, and the 21 day. <clears throat> so very critical juncture. I think the uh, Fed meeting today might actually be a catalyst to, to push things higher. But in order for us to get that rally by the end of the year, we have to make a higher high. We have to get up above 4350, preferably up around 4400, before we can confirm that a new uptrend is in place. So lots of resistance to get through before we get there, including the 21 day and the 50 day which is right up here sitting at 4350, right at 4350. So that's the level we've got to get through, above 4350 to confirm that we are in a new uptrend for the end of the year. And we'll see if we can do that. <clears throat> the NASDAQ also looks very similar. Went down here and filled this gap down here and now is starting to head higher. <clears throat> this one also needs to get above the 21 and the 50-day moving average. And we also need to get up above about 13.8 to confirm that we have a new higher high. So those are the levels to watch out for. Um, if I go over to the charts, a few things I want to point out here in the chart section. First of all, the VIX. The VIX ended the day today below 17 actually ended the day at 1687. So you can see right here, these moving averages are rolling over. It's actually starting to turn green. Anything above 20 is 
favors the bull, the bears, anything above 20. Anything below 17 actually favors the bolts. So we ended today at 16.87. So the VIX is starting to head lower. The other thing to, to watch for is the percentage of stocks above their 50-day moving average. It actually hit a low back here at the beginning of October. And we had a little rally and then came down and actually closed lower than that close in the beginning of October. However, the percentage of stocks above their 50-day did not go lower. It actually went higher. So that is a positive divergence right there. The market gets goes lower, but the percentage of stocks below their 50-day actually goes higher. The percentage below their 200-day actually went below this 30% line. And that's a key area too, where usually bottoms form. So we'll see if this holds and if, if that's going to indicate that we may have bottomed right here uh, last week. Uh, down here is the 10-year treasury yield. You can see, and I'll show you a, a better chart of this, but you can see that it's continuing to go lower. I think it's gonna probably actually come down here to the moving average around 4.5%. That should be positive for the market as well. Um, let's take a look at <clears throat> the 10-year treasury yield. Um, you can see this shows it clearly. It uh, had a, today it really had a big engulfing candle. So that is a bearish indication, or in this case for the 10-year treasury yield means it's going lower. Right now it's at 4.8%, just a little below that, but the indications are that it may continue heading down, which will be good for the market. And then the uh, 10 minus the two, which is the uh, yield curve, is, was starting to head above zero, but it's now starting to move back below that again. So we'll watch that. That's gonna be the, the key when the clock starts ticking for a recession is when that goes above zero. Um, what else? Let's look at um, the Keltner charts. I showed those last week. Said that, that uh, the market was very oversold when it gets down here to three X area. And that's usually where it's gonna bounce. I said then that I was expecting something to bounce here and go back to the mean, which is the center line. And it's right about at the center. So, and it's also at the 200 day moving average. So this is for the S&P. So we have to <clears throat> really watch this and see if we can get above this level right here. This is the level that if the market is not going to rally, then this is the area that we might get rejected and start to head lower. So the next few days are going to be really important. And probably the, the uh, jobs number on Friday is going to be key. If we look at the 50-day <clears throat> uh, and the 200-day that I mentioned before, you can see more clearly here, the 50-day right here has created a higher low. The 20-day is even more pronounced. As the market hit the lower lows on the price, the percentage of stocks above their 20-day did not go down there, actually started to move higher. The 50-day started to move higher as well, and the 200-day may have bottomed right there. Um, this is the bullish percent index. Whenever it goes below this green line, the 30% level, and it went below there, it has not come back above it yet, but it looks like it's starting to bounce. And then the percentage of um, puts versus calls. Puts versus calls is starting to rise. Um, interestingly, when the market was, was really selling off back here, you would expect to see a lot more puts come in, but we didn't. We actually saw the opposite. We saw people closing their puts and buying more calls instead. Uh, 
So maybe in preparation for that end of year rally, we will soon see. Um, and McClellan oscillator actually shows the advancers versus decliners. And anything above this zero line right here means there are more advancers than there are decliners. Anything below that means there are more decliners. So right now there's more decliners. However, again, you can see the positive divergence as the market is selling off and hitting lower lows. The number of stocks or a number of advancers, number of decliners, let's say, is being reduced. So there are fewer and fewer decliners, meaning more and more advancers, even though we're still under zero, but we're heading back towards zero. So if this gets back above zero, that will be positive and this will turn green. And that usually you can see a lot of times that indicates where the market starts to rally. So we may be very close to that. This is the bullish percent index. Once again, it's very, very much oversold down here. So that's the area usually when the market starts to rally. So all of these, these things are indicating that we may have an extended rally <clears throat> starting now. We're November 1st today. Uh, if we look at the XLY discretionary versus staples, that has been trending higher since the beginning of the year. And even as the market has sold off, it continues to trend higher. The top one is the, the uh, cap weighted and the one at the bottom is the equal weighted. Both of those are trending higher. If we look at growth versus value, we can see again, um, as the market sold off and you can see it pretty clearly down here, here's the SPY. Starting in August, the SPY continued to sell off, but growth versus value continued to go higher. So that is telling me that um, big mutual funds, big traders, hedge funds, Wall Street basically is rotating out of value and into growth, preparing for a rally at the end of the year, even as the market has sold off. And the Russell 2000 is even more pronounced. And you can see it also down here with large cap growth versus value trending higher. Mid-cap growth versus value, trending higher. Small-cap growth versus value is still struggling a bit. And even though the, the trend line is, is moving higher, it actually started to tick a little below that trend line. So I'll have to watch that with small caps. But small caps are something that may catch up later on. <clears throat> right now, um, it looks like large caps uh, are carrying the market primarily. I have a comment to make on that here in a second. Transport. Transports versus the Dow is what I, I mentioned before. This is Dow theory. For the Dow to continue to move higher, then transports have to move higher as well. And if transports are going lower, this is uh, the, the relative chart of transports versus the Dow. So transports are clearly underperforming ever since August, have been underperforming and significantly underperforming the Dow. So that is not a good sign. This is the one area right here that is not looking very good, unless this will, will finally turn around and start to head higher. Now we did have trucking as one of the industry groups that uh, was outperforming today. So we'll see how this does, but this is one of the areas of concern that I have, the transports are not outperforming the Dow. <clears throat> so let's take a look at uh, something that uh, gets a lot of discussion and talk, and that is, the Magnificent Seven, is it carrying the market higher? Um, the, the, the seven large cap stocks that primarily are technology stocks, a lot of people and CNBC, and there's a lot of talk about this, that the, the Magnificent Seven is what's carrying the market higher. 
And if they start to roll over, then the whole market is doomed. Well, the, the mar those large cap stocks represent some of the most innovative, best companies with the best management in the market, in the, in the industry. If those are moving higher, that can't be anything but a good thing for the economy. It's, it's absolutely great if those stocks are heading higher. Now, if they do start to head lower, certainly that's not going to be good. But more importantly, are they the only ones carrying the market? So I created this scan right here, and I'll explain how this works. It's basically looking for, for stocks that are over 100,000 in volume. It's looking for the S&P 500. That's this line right here, S&P 500. Anything with slashes, it basically ignores those lines. So those, those basically are gonna be blanked out. So I can do this with the NASDAQ and with my own best of the best chart. Down here is the <clears throat> percentage, relative percentage over a 21 day period of stocks that are above the S&P. So the, what does this mean? This means that all of the stocks, I'm looking at all the stocks in the S&P, and I want this to tell me how many of those stocks are outperforming the S&P itself over the last 21 days. Okay, so above zero. Um, when I normally run this, I look, for, I look for stocks that are outperforming by 7% or more. But in this case, I just wanna find all the ones that are outperforming the S&P. Now, if you listen to CNBC, they'll say it, it makes it sound like the Magnificent Seven are the only ones that are doing that. So let's see what happens if I run this scan. 231 stocks out of 500 for the S&P. So almost half of the S&P are outperforming the S&P. And these are all of the names. It's not just the Magnificent Seven. So stop listening to CNBC and all the talking heads when they say that it's only the Magnificent Seven that's carrying this market higher. Right here shows you that 231 stocks are outperforming the S&P right now. Now, what happens if I change this and look at just, let's look at the last 50 days. Um, we'll go back a little bit further. So 50 days is about two and a half months ago. There's 20 trading days in a month. And let's run the scan again. Now there are 200 stocks out of 500 or 40% that have been outperforming the S&P for the last two months, two and a half months. What if I go back to the beginning of the year? Basically 200 trading days. Back to the end of the, and uh, back to the beginning of the year and let's see how many stocks have outperformed the S&P since the beginning of the year. 134 more than 25% of S&P stocks have outperformed the index. This is not just the Magnificent Seven. Now there's certainly, they certainly are in here. There's NVIDIA, actually one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six on the list that's outperformed since the beginning of the year, there's Meta, there's Amazon, there's Netflix, not really one of the Magnificent Seven, but could be. There's AMD, and I'll look at that in a second. Um, so that gives you an idea. So it is not just the Magnificent Seven. Uh, a lot of stocks, more than 25% of the S&P are outperforming this year. So the whole market actually is pretty healthy in general. And we are now starting into the best three-month period of the market right now. If I look at the 
Magnificent Seven very quickly. Here's Google starting to come back up. Here's Meta. Meta has has really hasn't had much of a sell-off. Had a little bit of a sell-off, but it's back above its moving average and starting to move up. Microsoft, of course, has been very strong. Here's Netflix. Netflix has been very strong since their earnings report. Here's NVIDIA. NVIDIA is just starting its run into earnings. So this is the time, uh, probably historically, NVIDIA will always do well in the first uh, two or three weeks before earnings. Tesla, not really a Magnificent Seven stock, but uh, I'm sorry, it is a Magnificent Seven stock. Netflix is not, but Tesla is. Tesla had a big sell-off after earnings, but it's starting to recover. Here's Apple. Apple is starting to take off and above its 21 day. Here's AMD. AMD had a great day today after they hit earnings. It, it uh, screamed up above its 200, its eight, its 21, and its 50 day, all of its moving averages. So it's sitting way up there. If we look at this on a daily chart, you can see it even better. Look at that big white candle. It basically ended the day at the high on huge volume. So AMD is probably going to go higher. Now it may pull back a little bit because that's an awful lot to move up in one day. But I think in the long run and into the end of the year, I think this looks good for not only AMD, but it looks good for, um, for the semiconductors index in, in general. So semiconductors right here, this is <clears throat> the weekly chart. So it's just beginning to take off as well. And software, the other one that had a good day today, good uh, industry group, that one also is just beginning to take off, bouncing off of its 21-week moving average. So all these are aggressive sectors. This, this is where you want the market to be. This is where you want to see it start to take off. Here's the internet group where Google and Meta are located. So that's all uh, good news for the market. Um, the last thing I want to take a look at is my market bias matrix. Um, this is where this is where I rank all of the different groupings, the indexes, sector ETFs, industry groups, intermarket relationships, commodities, metals, and currencies, and say bear, bull or bear on a short-term, medium-term, long-term basis. And you can see overall it's 33%. It's very bearish. The short-term is bearish. The medium-term is bearish. The long-term is also had been bullish, but now just rolled over to bearish. And if we look at the um, trend lines over here, what you can see is this orange line is the short term just beginning to make a move higher. Medium term has not turned yet and long term has not turned yet, but the overall line is just beginning to turn higher. So this is something that we will watch. This gets updated every day for those who subscribe to the website. Every day you can see here, you can actually see this goes back back to where I first started doing this, which is on September 21st. And I will continue every day to update this and you'll be able to see day over day and week over week, whether it's moving higher or lower. And if these all start to turn yellow, which they're beginning to, and more importantly, start to turn green, like they were back here, if we get more green up here, then that confirms that the market is in an uptrend. So, which I think we are going to be into the end of the year. So that's what we look like. That's the uh, the update for today. Hope that was helpful. I think we had a very positive Fed meeting. I think the jobs report on Friday is going to be important. But in general, I think uh, the, the whole market, I think, is poised 
to start to head higher. And we'll have to watch it. It's still got a lot of work to do to confirm that it's in a, an uptrend again. It has to get up above 43.50 for that to happen. But we'll continue to watch it and see how it does. So that's it for Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Um, this will be posted on the uh, ORAT channel, One Rental at a Time, later today. And uh, last Sunday, by the way, uh, many of you may have noticed I didn't do a video with uh, Mr. Zuber because I was at the Money Show and learned some very interesting things at the Money Show in Orlando on Sunday, um, which I, one, one of the things I'm going to be working on and, and maybe be posting at some point once I work things out. But it was a pretty good show. So that's where I was. Hopefully I'll be back on, on the air again on this Sunday and look forward to everyone joining me. So thanks everyone for joining. That's it for now and have a good rest of the week. Take care.